and Caleb Collier said. I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, the band's back together. Hello, Christian Patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. I'm your host, Caleb Collier. With me, as always, Pastor Gabe Blomgren, once again, your favorite far-right shock jocks, and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. The only podcast that is bold enough to take faith in politics Put it in the very same room with Jesus smack dab in the middle. All right. Hey, before we bring on our very special guest, he's, he's kind of almost part of Church and State, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But go to churchandstate.media, download the shows, share them everywhere. We're going to post a picture here that is just going to anger the left. So if you want to just really make the left angry and trigger them, post this picture. All right. Uh, also, take advantage of all of our fine affiliates. I'm going to talk about gold, Gabe, because uh, we've been talking about bullets. So let's talk about gold a little bit here. Gold and silver have always traditionally been that hard asset that you can have, that you can physically hold in your hands. This is going to ensure that you're protected against any economic woes that might come your way. And we believe in Beverly Hills Precious Metals. These guys are great. Would you not agree? Absolutely. Andrew Sorcini and his team, are, you can call them the number 1-866. Actually, go back to that. Go back down. Go back down. 866-346-5325. You will actually get a hold of a human being. And uh, a lot of bigger companies that we've worked with in the past have minimums of like $5,000, Caleb, whereas Andrew and his team, minimum of $1,000, you are going to get a very good uh, spot rate and you're going to be able to hold something physically in your hand. And when you know, the old canary in the coal mine is when Costco sells gold, it's time to buy gold. Yeah, welcome to Costco. We love you. Uh, no, but seriously, the other thing too, you can take your your 401k, your Roth, whatever you want, and you can actually own precious metals through that, and you can buy that General Flynn coin. I mean, that's really cool. Who doesn't want a two-ounce General Flynn coin? All right, with that, uh, actually, hold on. We're also taking donations. Hit that donate button. We will take gold, silver, Satoshis, cash, whatever you want to do. And last but not least, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right. I said the band's back together. Chris, go ahead and bring up that photo for us. Um, yes. We are joined in the studio by Pastor Ken Peters. And uh, I've got a photo here. It's from Save Magazine. Uh, if you'll notice, the flag is upside down in this picture as well. It's it is. We are in distress. Now, we took this photo in like 2019, maybe. Does that sound about right? This I was did. in your living room. Yeah. 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 Uh, at my rental house back mm -hmm. when I lived just down the street from the church here. Uh, but what do we got? We've got three men. One holding a constitution, one holding the Bible, and one holding a gun. This is it's a war, which is very interesting because now we're at war, and Israel is using these things on the regular. This is a bullpup designed to war made in Israel. So, yeah, very significant, especially where we're at right now in the uh, world gamut. Yeah, but these are the three things that are going to secure America right Absolutely. there. Our constitution, our Bible, and our guns. And we got to hold on to all three. We got to be, what did they call us? Those bitter clingers. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to cling to these two, three things. All right. So Pastor Ken, thank you again for joining us in church and state. Yay. I always love being on the program. And, and like you said, I was, I was the original backup. So if one of you got injured in the ball game and sprained something yeah, or uh, you, you got laryngitis and couldn't talk 
I got the phone call. I'm filling in. And every time I just, I got to confess, I was gunning for your jobs. I was gunning for your jobs. I never was able to pull it off. And now I'm just a regular guest once in a while. Exactly. A regular guest. As I said, you've always, you've got a standing appointment. Anytime you're in town, because Pastor Ken lives in Tennessee now, I'm jealous and I may punch him after the episode, but he does. He lives in Tennessee. And uh, I'm sorry for abandoning you guys. It's it's so free there. It's it's so free and it's warm. And the warmth. Yeah, it's so nice. (laughs) But, but no, you do. You are welcome to join us anytime you're in town. Now you're in town for once again. The Church of Planned Parenthood. I am sitting next to two pastors who have both been sued by Planned Parenthood. I've never been sued by Planned I need to. I need to step up. We my would game. have gladly put you in. Yeah, the, in they the should. Lawsuit. Yeah. I don't know how you got out of it. I, wow. actually, I don't <laughs> actually don't know how I got out of that either. <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> Probably because you weren't up singing or preaching a lot. You maybe, know? Yeah, maybe that was. I was at every single one of them, but yeah, yeah somehow I avoided it. But no, uh, you got TCAP again, so you're continuing the fight against this monster that is the pro-abortion industry. Yeah, you know, I, 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 I thought, you know, that we were, we were huge at one point. We had 600 people. Uh, we were shaking the nation with this church at Planned Parenthood. Went through COVID and a lawsuit. So we're a lot smaller now. And, and you know, the, these thoughts of, hey, we're smaller. Should we quit? Should we just shut it down? But I have this conviction, as long as they're killing babies for money, uh, then the church needs to be a voice and not just a tiny voice, but a significant voice. And this is a very good way for us to let the world know that the church is not okay with them murdering little children for money and convenience in our city. Yeah, that's so good. The homelessness right now in Spokane is huge. We have a fentanyl crisis. We also have poverty, but I would say by far the thing that is the most egregious sin and I, I, I would venture to say that breaks the Lord's heart is what happens at 123 East Indiana. Yep. No. And, and it happens now on a regular, even more regular occurrence now that Roe v. Wade has been given back to the state of Washington. Why? Because Boise and uh, places in Montana now can no longer provide abortion what they call health care, which is we all know a bunch of crap. It's not health care. It's murder. Now those people are being sent to Spokane. So more than ever, the war is actually not over. Yeah, and didn't I hear that, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but uh, didn't I hear that the former director of Planned Parenthood who sued this little church that we're in right now, uh, isn't he on city council? He was elected to the Spokane City Council. That is correct. So if you really want to have some fun, Ken, we should schedule you to to go once he actually takes his seat. We should schedule you to go into city council. You can wave hi to your old nemesis there. I would love to give him a Planned Parenthood pink hoodie. Just present it to him on the council because he's sponsored by them. They're who afforded you this luxury to even be on this council because they were the free hype man. They made his name Paul Dillon, very famous in this area. So, yeah, maybe we should bring him like a little little hoodie. And don't citizens of Spokane have a right to go in and sign up and, and yeah. say a few words? Absolutely. I, I might have to. Uh, yeah, you've got uh, open for him. A little word with him at some point. Like, why did you sue a, a tiny little church? And and. and uh, you know, why not support the First Amendment? You know, and, and let me just push back on you, Gabe, because I, I wouldn't want to give him a hoodie. I think I'd rather present him with a massive statue of Moloch. That's what I would do to that guy. Like, hey, you talk, you want you sacrifice babies. So here, here's your statue where we can superheat the hands and lay the infants on and play the drums really loud so that the parents can hear him screaming. There you go, Paul. 
Hey, too, did too you guys strong. know? I, th- I found this very interesting. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to. Uh, I found this very interesting. St. Nicholas, who the legend Santa Claus, mm-hmm. came from him. Uh, I found this very interesting. My recent studies for my sermons around Christmas time, St. Nicholas fought against baby exposure. Have mm-hmm. you heard of no. baby exposure? Yeah, they would leave the baby out in the cold. Bingo. So in, in the days of St. Nicholas and the 300s, if a woman had a baby, she didn't feel like she would then take the baby and lay it before the husband's feet. The husband would decide whether or not they could afford it. Oh yeah, and yeah, then yeah. and then if they decided well, if they couldn't disabled, afford it, they would lay yeah. it at the at the uh, feet of whatever idol, Roman god, Molech, uh, Diana, whoever. They'd lay it down at that tabernacle, and they would let it just die in the elements. And Saint Nicholas was known for being a prophet of God against that, and would shout out, "Wow, that that was no modern day he cared abortion." About kids. Right? That's well. That's where the kids yeah. part came yeah, yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had such a heart for kids, and then he would, uh, they'd have orphanages, and they'd gather. The Christians would gather up the babies. This this abortion and immorality stuff, it's just changed form, but it's the same thing. It's the same demon. Um, you know what I love about this story too, Ken? Because I've, I've actually read this as well, but I've I've, I've forgot about it. Um, but. You know, you leftists, you atheists, you secularists, you, you've done a actually a, a good job. I'll, I'll give credit where credit is due, but you've done a, a fairly decent job of removing Christ from Christmas. Uh, you, you've done a, a, you know, over the years, you've removed you know, the nativity scenes, the cross, and yet you have this big, jolly, fat man, Santa Claus. And if you actually examine the history you still have Christ in your houses. You're still decorating with him. You're still sending cards, all celebrating Christ. You can't remove him from Christmas. Yeah, St. Nicholas is one of the greatest Christians that ever lived. In fact, he is to the Greek Orthodox Church what St. Peter is to the Roman Catholic wow. Church. He's their main guy. And if you study, he was put in jail by Galatius and, and uh, Constantine. When he came into power, he set saint nicholas free out of out of prison that's how he got out and and then right after that he attacked paganism he attacked baby exposure and they literally tore down the temple to diana that the apostle paul was at speaking against he his preaching was so powerful they tore down the temple to diana because of saint nicholas he was a stud absolute stud i'm blown away by my studies in in the last month of him well, I prophesy in Jesus' name someday that St. Nicholas revelation is going to happen to the city of Spokane, and the city of Spokane will be so riled up and fired up that they're going to tear down Planned Parenthood. Mm. Mm, let's keep they, tearing they, down those high places. I love that. Uh, we should start a church there, I think. Like, take the building, start a church. I don't know. That'd be, that'd bleach be, the floors, awesome. bleach the walls. Yeah, we'd have to pray over it. Yeah, anointing oil. Have some deliverance guys come in and cast out mm-hmm. some devils. And It's almost yeah. like uh, Mike Lindell in the, when he did the cameo in the movie. You remember uh, where, he, where he's, he's, he's driving the bulldozer as right. they take down Planned Parenthood? Uh, that was fantastic. So, so you're in town. You're going to have TCAP tonight, correct? Yes, tonight. You are continuing yep. on with the mission of going after the abortion mills and what are we going to be doing? Are we going to be like, you know, like causing a scene? Are we going to be like <laughs> forming a human chain to keep people out of the abortion factories? You know, what, what are we going to be doing out there? I, I find it amazing that when we got sued, the main reason we got sued was we were keep supposedly keeping women, obstructing from women from getting their quote unquote healthcare, you know, uh, IE abortion. And um, you guys know, we, we did it once a month. 
either at the very tail end of their day or after their hours were done, their business hours. And never once did we keep a woman from going in. We didn't block anything. And yet that's what we got sued for. I've, the devil is a liar. I'm telling you. Um, but tonight we're, we're going to hold candles. It's Christmas time and, uh, we're the light of the world. And to me, those candles are so significant because that's what we're doing out there. We're shining a light. We're exposing. We're, this is so big for the church. Light exposes. Right. And if the church doesn't do anything, then, it, then sin just happily and freely does its thing in the darkness. But just meeting out there six times a year is what we're going to do next year. Six times a year, it shines a light on it. It puts some focus on it. And even if we can't stop it, at least we're giving the message that we're not okay with it as right. the body of Christ. Yeah, I think that's uh, vitally important that we have to be out there in the community, you know, not just in the four walls, because that's what a former mayor now uh, of Spokane actually said to you, that why, why can't you just do this in your church? Because we're not killing people in the church. Right. <laughs> that's <laughs> why. All right. No, we're going to go where they're actually doing the murders. Yes. Do you remember what I said to her when she said that? Uh, go ahead for our audience's sake. <laughs> when she said, why, why can't you just pray in your church? Why do you have to pray outside of Planned Parenthood? I said, well, for one, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Right. If we were just praying in our church. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it got me called into the principal's office and with the mayor and everyone <laughs> else. And so by saying that, I just made the point of, of, we make a difference, right? I'm sitting here in the mayor's office with the most powerful people in Spokane and they're talking to little old Valencia and I, nobody pastors, you know, a church of 200, 300. Uh, and, and I got called before Kings because we prayed outside of Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this. There's a very obscure scripture, but it's, it's, it racks my brain. Sometimes I'll just be thinking, God is addressing Israel and they've taken on baby sacrifice And you and I have both been to Israel. We saw the Valley of Hinnom and they would go down in there and they would take babies and they would murder them. And God says to his own people, I never even thought that you could do this. Is that a metaphor or is it so far? Like God is so far like we, we recently talked to somebody on our show and he said, you got to remember God is infinite love. He is infinite, 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 infinite. Like that's who he is. But his infinite for love is the same as his infinite of how he hates sin. He infinitely hates sin so much so that he sent his own son, but it doesn't take away the fact, yes, he's loving, but he hates sin. Like talk to like both of you weighing on, like did God literally have no idea because every once in a while we say God can never be surprised. Maybe he was surprised. These are the thoughts that I have. I literally, this is me. I think that he literally did not think people would do this. Well, theologically, we know he is all knowing. And so we have that to deal with, but we also understand that there are different times in scripture where God would choose maybe to not, Remember in a moment, for instance, when Abraham offered Isaac, uh, God said to Abraham, now I know, mm -hmm. as if I didn't know before. Now I know that you love me. Now I know your loyalty and, and your servant to, towards me. So there are times where God, I don't, it's a great question theologically, but there are times where God talks as if he didn't, mm -hmm. but he probably did. 
but he's talking. Uh, it's like your mom when emphasis. you get that lecture from your mom. I never thought you would. Have. Yeah, I, I think there's there might be an element of that for me when when I'm examining that question, and, and then also what Kim brought up with Abraham. You know, God has foreknowledge, but I think with what we're talking about with with you know the the sacrifice of Isaac. Uh, it doesn't take away from free will, right? So God had the foreknowledge to know that, yes, Abraham would would do this, would follow the Lord, uh, Abraham probably believing that his son would be resurrected right then, but it still doesn't take away from our free will, right? We God has not programmed us to be robots to where, you know, some are saved, some are not saved, and I know I'm angering the Calvinists, sorry, but it's what I do on my show. Um, your question, though, specifically, Gabe, you know, I think... It's more of he didn't, it's more of a metaphor that he didn't think that his chosen people would ever engage in such abhorrent behavior. Very true. And I, I want you both to sit on this. God never says anything just for effect. He really meant what he said. It appalled him so bad. So let this smack hit us as Christians. Let it hit you right now. Those of you who are watching this and listening on the radio as you're driving down, this smack goes to all of us. He never thought his people would do this. So the, the thing is, is the sin of abortion is forgivable. But what's to me hard to swallow is when his own people sit and do nothing. That's mm -hmm. the heavy thing. Or embrace it flat out. Because Hitler could have been forgiven. The Jesus' blood is thick enough to cover any sin. But the reality is, is when his children don't do anything, like the boxcars that went through Germany, and they said, sing a little louder. This is, this is, this is weighty. It's, it's, and, you know, I think it's what keeps us up at night. Well, God, what do we do? How, how, do we, how do we push back against an abhorrent government that allows this? Yeah, it's engaging in the culture. And, uh, you know, it's actually that question leads me into the next one that I wanted to talk with with uh, Pastor Ken about, uh, because we've got to engage in the culture war. That's what we're called to do as Christians. And I know we've been talking about this a lot, Gabe, and some of our guests have been bringing up it as well. But, you know, everybody wants to pretend that they're the ones that would have stood against slavery, would right. have stood against, you know, the, right. the Nazi genocide. But what are you doing right now? Because exactly. your actions right now prove who you would be in these times of trouble. Like the, the fact that you're silent on abortion, that you're silent on the, on you literally we're experimenting on our children and cutting off body parts and feeding them full of hormones to where they're completely confused about their gender and sexuality. Like if you're not fighting against that right now, then no, you wouldn't have lifted a finger against slavery. You wouldn't have lifted a finger against the, the uh, mass genocide of the Jews. That's who you are right now. Now, Pastor Ken, to bring it into relevance, relevancy with what you're, you're, you're doing and why you're sitting in this chair, Patriot Church. You've started churches all across this country, and you've named it Patriot Church. Not that you're making patriotism a god, no, but what you're doing is you want to address this culture war. Am I putting words in your mouth? No, I'd say all the time at our church, Patriot doesn't mean we worship Trump. It doesn't mean we worship our country. What Patriot means is we are in the fight. You know, Gabe and I, I think you were with me at this this one, um, or maybe it was the last one. I don't think, actually, no, I don't think you were. We went to Caesarea Philippi where Jesus started the church, and we went to the what they called the Gates Gate of, of Hell. Hell where the pan God would, would go back and forth from hell, the underworld to, to the earth. And Jesus announced the church there. Mm -hmm. And when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail, he announced a war. Mm -hmm. He announced a battle mm -hmm. between this thing he was going to build that nobody 
knew what it was going to be. <laughs> they, all they had before uh, Christ was Israel. They didn't have the church. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Right. I will build my church. Right. Uh, and, and the gates of hell won't prevail. That's a battle declared. There is what, what patriot means is we're in the fight. We are going to fight the gates of hell, whatever that looks like. And I can tell you one thing the gates of hell look like killing kids, little kids, infants. You're absolutely right. You know, uh, Rob McCoy, who we just recently had on this program as well, he, he loves that scripture because he talks about the fact that it, it's actually a mistranslation to say church, right? It, right. But it's actually the, the public square, the ecclesia. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. so that public square, that's where we're building our church. That's where we are taking the fight to all of God's enemies, right? And abortion is just one aspect of this. But Christians, you've got to engage like this man has, where he's taken his church and said, we're not going to be silent in the face of evil. We're not going to do nothing. No, we are called to fight, especially for those who can't fight for themselves. So good. It's, it's funny that the civil rights movement, everyone loves Martin Luther King. Everyone loves what happened in Selma, Alabama, the freeing of people. Um, you know, it's beautiful. I, I, I love what what happened, the establishment um, and the breaking down of segregation in public schools. Uh, I, I love that. Okay. But the reality is, is whenever we talk about Christians being civilly disobedient, why are we not famous? Why are we not popular? Why are we not as cool as like Harvey Milk? You know what I mean? A, a homosexual who becomes popular for standing out for gay rights. And molesting kids. I, I, it's, it's, it's so ironic that civil rights, we, you and I, all three of us believe in all of our heart in protecting women, really, really tiny women, very small women. Okay. There's a woman that civil disobedience needs to happen. We, we, as the church have to do something. And, and for some reason, Christians think being civil disobedient is, is, is just rebellion. It's just, it's just rebellion. I'm doing the church lady. It's rebellious. You know, I want to issue maybe a little warning right now, too. Uh, it's become, for the politicians running in the Republican Party, it's become like abortion was, they blamed abortion. For their losses. For the loss of not us not having a red wave. Right. They, they blamed abortion. So now you got Trump tiptoeing and you got DeSantis was asked in the last debate or two and he, and he was like fumbling and bumbling around it. It's the point now where politicians are scared to confront abortion. The churches are scared to front, confront abortion because we'll lose elections or we'll lose popularity. And we have the truth on our side. This right. is like that song when the truth goes marching on like mm -hmm. that, that song in the civil war era. Uh, the truth is on our side. Science is truly on our side. That baby is alive. Your guys' wives have had children just like my wife mm -hmm. has had children. That baby is kicking. Mm -hmm. It is moving. It's making our wives sick. Uh, there, that's not a dead piece of nothing. That is no. that is absolute life. Science itself says it. We have the tr so these politicians. I think we're in a dangerous place to where where abortions become the reason why we're losing. That's the narrative. Mm -hmm. We got to watch out for sick. I think we're in a yeah, dangerous spot. I agree with you 100%. Uh, babies are a blessing. You know, it's like mothers go through all that, what you were talking about, making them sick, you know, all this stuff, their bodies change. They're not pretty anymore. You know, and then, man, we got to deal with that. That's rough, right? That's real rough. But anyway. Um, well, we had to do the dishes. Yeah. I hadn't done that. 
in a long time, and I had to do. My wife was sick for. I'll teach nine you. Months. I'll teach you a secret. On I had that. to do laundry, yeah. dishes. It was horrible. No, 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 the thing on laundry, things like that. All you got to do is screw it up really bad one time. You'll, you'll never have to do it again. <laughs> it's brilliant. All right, but no. But as far as the politicians are concerned, I've been following this as well. We just had a massive win. All right, it wasn't. It wasn't a total win, but pushing it back to the states, we saw what the conservative states did. They banned outright abortion yep. uh, in, in a lot of different states. And now they've been able to take that win and make it to where we're afraid. We're yeah. afraid to continue. Are you kidding me? Like, ah, just knock it yeah, off already. Knock it like, off. You, already got you the won. Win. You won a battle. Don't lose the war. Are you kidding me right now? And that's what we're doing. That's exactly what we're doing. Any, any Republican, and I hate the Republican Party. I, oh, I'll just be yeah, honest. I hate yeah. them. It's like, All right. But any Republican who's saying this is something that we should not address, we should just walk away from the abortion issue. You know what? You're dead to me. You're done. We've identified yeah. who you are. That 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 right there is identifying what coat you actually wear. What happens, guys, if if the Republican Party uh, gets rid of the the stance against abortion? What does that do to the evangelical Christian? Because I think we're dangerously close to heading that way. Well, there's going to be two things that they're going to do. Number one, you're going to hear from a lot of. Uh, pontificators, a lot of people, the talking heads uh, that are going to say, well, we still have to vote for the Republican Party because they're the lesser of two evils. I completely reject that. You mm-hmm. you walk away from the abortion issue. I walk away from you. Exactly. That needs to be overwhelmingly right. the response, right. right? Yes. Yeah. I love what Charlie Kirk said. I've quoted it probably a hundred times now, but he came to our city. Charlie asked the question, you know, because people were saying, hey, how do I identify whether or not I'm part of a, uh, like a really good church or not? It, it, w- you know, my pastor, he doesn't talk about Patriot stuff. He didn't, he didn't really talk about anything significant, but you know, how do I know if it's, if it's a good church? And Charlie said this to the congregation. He, he just nailed it, kicked it out of the park. Like I'm, I'm talking blasted it. And, and the reality is this, he said it in such a confident way. It made my head scratch is why are people staying? Cause here's what he said. He said, if your church the day after Roe v. Wade said nothing at the announcements or said nothing in the, the, the bulletin said nothing on the website, if there was nothing on their Facebook page, if there's nothing on their Instagram, if the pastor said nothing from the pulpit, then why are you still at that church? You need to leave. It should have been the biggest celebration Sunday of the year besides yeah. Easter and I Christmas. I was bawling, crying. Literally, when I got the text, mm. I was at a kid's teenager's camp, and I got out of bed at 6 in the morning and just wept. And then I literally, I, 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 I laughed and then cried. And then laughed some more because it was like tears of joy. You know what made me angry about that? Um, you know, you both know that I, I can organize some rallies, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. definitely something that I'm known for. Okay. And I organized a lot of rallies against the COVID-19 lockdowns. And the biggest one we had over 5,000 people at. Mm-hmm. I tried to do one right after that win on abortion. Really? In downtown Spokane, a celebration of what just occurred. And we got 100 people there. We got a hundred people. I remember that we, we were there. And uh, people should have been dancing in the streets. Yeah, you look, COVID lockdowns. Yeah, they were important. It should have been like life, life. Life is so much more important. Yeah. Like why wasn't there thousands of people out there celebrating that win? Uh, it, it, we we honestly uh, we've got our priorities all screwed up. Is what it comes down to. Like yeah, you know what? COVID sucked, and your business is closing, and being in lockdowns, and the masks, and the the, the shots, and the boosters. It all sucked. But protecting life, especially those innocent babies, 
That's so much more important. Kim, we're almost out of time here. Um, go ahead and tell people how they can get a hold of Patriot Church. Yeah, follow me at Pastor Ken Peters-TCAP, and you can find our Patriot Church website at patriotchurch.us. And we have, th- we have three uh, main campuses and then a bunch of little guy campuses. And uh, we, we, uh, we love what we're doing. We're in, we're in the fight. Like you said, we're in the fight. And uh, so, yeah, that's how you find out. Yeah, and you've got one in Knoxville, one in Spokane, and one in Moses Lake, uh, both of those in Washington State. So yes, if you're looking for a church that's not afraid of the culture war, check them out. All right, Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Gabe Blomgren, and a calm does not suit me. I'm Caleb Collier. I was born for a storm. Welcome to the fire.